What's up, everybody? This is episode 109 of Cool Down Time. This is a weekly show where two ridiculously busy guys cool down and talk video games. I'm your graphically impressive host of the show, Marco, and joining me is the technical mess of the show, the birthday boy of the show. Pablo is in the building right now. Pablo, happy belated birthday to you. Um, how you feeling, man? One year older? Another, another year in the yeah. books? How, how is this birthday hitting you compared to to all the others you feeling it yet what's going on yeah yeah i'm feeling it not more not physically but more like mentally i never really contended mm. with like mortality till <laughs> you count down you're like man i'm like three years away from 40 and it's like that's a milestone it's like holy yeah. shit so you know um everything is good though uh it's just been kind of like a whirlwind of a weekend you know went out on friday um i'm, I'm like i said i'm 37 years old here and I, i'm still, i'm feeling the effects of that day still a little bit though i didn't go too crazy uh, i was at i was at home by 11 so mm. you know make of that what you will but uh yeah it's been kind of a crazy weekend i mean it, it's so crazy me and my wife have been out of it today i'm in the room and i'm changing my son's diaper and i hear my wife across the room she goes Oh, now I get why you why they called her Alicia Keys because of the piano. Oh, okay. Twenty years Man. later, my, my <laughs> <laughs> revelation that Alicia Keys' name isn't her last name ain't really Keys. It's just it, it refer, referencing the piano. I'm sure she knew that. She God had known that. God please. Uh, but no, uh, it's just been that that kind of weekend. But you know everything is going well. Uh, you know, played some Zelda, got some thoughts, got some things we want to talk about. Uh, seems like a fun show, so I'm happy to be here, man. How about you? How how, how was your uh, week, your weekend? How's everything going? Yeah, man, it was a it was a wild ass week for me, dude. My my daughter, my daughter's getting sick left and right, dude. She was in the emergency room uh, on on Mother's Day, no less. Oh no. Uh, Woke up, what a gift! Feeling just wrong, like lethargic. Couldn't keep her eyes open. She was like slumping over. Bring her in. Jeez. She's got this mystery virus. She's like the virus apparently like dehydrated her body, which was why she couldn't like she was not responsive. So they had to you know put the IV in there, which was like the worst thing you want to see as a parent is someone poking a needle into your your child's arm. Uh, yeah. But you know, thankfully she's uh, she's on the mend. She's doing okay. We uh, got a chance to hang out this weekend, uh, this past weekend. So we 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 had ourselves a good time. I got her into Mario, uh, you know, beyond Mario Kart. That is, we're playing Mario Odyssey now. So she's all about Mario Odyssey at this point. I'm trying to get her ready for the movie, which we'll actually be oh, talking yeah. about a little later on here. But uh, she's really digging Mario now. I think she's. I, I I can I can safely say this girl's a bona fide gamer at this stage of the game. That's awesome. um, she's just burning through these games left and right. So despite not having a great week health wise, she's doing great as a gamer, which is a proud dad <laughs> moment. Uh, but I'm doing all right. But besides all that, I'm just a little burned out because of all the drama and, you know, the natural fear of like, is my daughter going to die today? Is that going to happen? Yeah. Um, you know, 
So beyond that, totally doing great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Weirdly enough, people who aren't parents listening to this are like, what, what, what kind of morbid thought is that? Bro, I think about that shit uh, every day. I'm man. like, he fell and he hit his head. Is he going to die in 24 hours? Oh, great. He's got CTE like, at the age of one. <laughs> one. Yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's it, yeah. constant fear to uh, be a parent is constant fear of your child's it's death. It's terror. <laughs> it's, it is terror nonstop, man. I hope it'll go away. She's yeah. about to turn five in a couple more months. Hopefully, when she gets to five, it's not going to be like you know constant you know if i don't hold my hand out she's gonna fall to her death uh but you know we'll we'll see what happens man this girl's clumsy though all right she got that from (laughs) me i'll admit it um but you know what she's cute just like me we made it work all right (laughs) um speaking of making it work we're gonna make this episode work with a terrible segue number one and uh a pretty interesting docket this week as well pablo why don't you go ahead and tell the people what we got in store for them this week yeah, yeah. This episode, we continue our adventures through Hyrule, and just like us, we got some more thoughts on that. Uh, and speaking of Legend of Zelda, what does the future of the franchise look like? We might have some answers on that. We'll discuss. And you thought the problems over over at Blizzard, Overwatch team were a thing of the past? Nope. Uh, we got some bad news, folks. We'll also discuss that. And and to round out the show uh, with checkpoint. Uh, since the showcase season is upon us, we predict what each of the big three might be showing off, like a fun show. Uh, can't get, I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, man, it's gonna be a good time for sure. Uh, so let's not waste any time getting started, dude. Let's get started with the segment dedicated to the games uh, we've been playing, or in this case, this week, uh, some of the movies we've been consuming uh, re- pertaining to gaming. In the segment we call loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, man. So obviously we have, uh, you know, more discussions about Zelda to have. But before that, uh, let's stay in Nintendo uh, realm a little bit longer and talk about uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, which you got a chance to check out. Tell me about it, man. Yeah, I mean, I had some pretty high expectations for this just because of the the way people were talking about it in terms of like how it respects the the, the the IP, the video game IP, so much. And I have to say, watching it, I I understand what what those people were saying uh, to an extent. Uh, however, I will say I, I felt I came out of the movie feeling a little bit, you know, left a lot to be desired in terms of uh, the overall product itself. Yeah, sure, Mario, Luigi, Peach browser donkey kong all there uh all pretty you know true to to form in terms of how they um how they act in that world and and all that good stuff i think peach's uh characterization is absolutely amazing i think that's exactly how um the games don't really depict her too much that way though there is the feeling that she is like this badass anyway so i'm glad that the movie uh honed in on that uh mario the the chris pratt thing get 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 that out the way i thought it was fine the uh, just quick spoilers here the movie opens up with a commercial and they're all doing the voice in the commercial and they kind of make fun of it if i would have seen the movie with the voice like that the whole time it would have been absolutely a nightmare it it just would have not worked at all Mm. um i think charlie day as luigi and even chris pratt as mario i think they work fine together uh and uh, I, I I like that. I thought it was fine. It's just uh, unfortunately, v- the plot device is very 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 thin. Um, everything that is Mario Mario Kart, uh, the original Jumpman, all that stuff, just all those little things, uh, those quote unquote Easter eggs that are in the movie, definitely feel a little shoehorned in, uh, just to kind of be like, oh, that's the thing from the game and. 
while that there's value in that to an extent, this is through and through a, a, a film for children. Uh, and of course, I'm not going to criticize it for that because I think that's the correct move. I mean, I made a billion dollars in the box office. These people know what they're doing. But just as a, uh, a hardcore old school Mario fan, you know, my, my first love affair with video games was uh, one of them was Mario. The other one was Prince of Persia. But Mario definitely was the one that, that, that took the baton and ran with it. And I... Um, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a, a, a cool depic- uh, depiction of, of what I remember playing and, and what I am playing in my in my adult uh, age. But it, it just felt a little bit kind of like hollow to a certain extent in some aspects. But uh, I can't wait to, 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 to see possibly more. I, I still think that they have a good formula going. And I think that if we see a Donkey Kong movie or even a Mario sequel, I think that it, it's I think they'll do a good job. And, and yes, as everybody said, uh, I don't know. Uh, how you feel about Jack Black, but Jack Black Bowser was was pretty spot on. I, I thought that was pretty uh, awesome. They they made him menacing and, and kind of being kind of uh, an idiot. Uh, the, in terms of they did that in a good uh, a good mix of those things. So it was a it was an entertaining thing uh, for sure. So yeah, it is what it is at that point. But uh, I recommend it if you have kids, and even if you're a, a Mario fan, I recommend watching it. It's not going to blow you away, but it's definitely a fun thing to to, to have watched uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's about in line what I think most people have been saying in terms of the consensus that it's not. It's not necessarily a start to a Mario cinematic universe. It's more of just like a hey, you know this from the games, you know that, yeah. remember that. That's fun, right? And and that is cool. I think that's just a nice little, um, you know, fun little romp, uh, as it were. But um, yeah, it's a little disappointing that maybe they didn't kind of have a more cohesive story, I suppose. But you can only expect so much. It's a Mario movie. It's for kids, like you said. Sure. You know. I, I guess, but you know, the, the the other thing is, is that there's a movie that's out now on Paramount Plus, which came out in theaters. It's the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which has gotten incredible high reviews, and it and it's kind of the the antithesis of this saying, "Hey, we can make a movie about this dorky ass IP, and we." can be true to it and also be a good movie. And so I'm going to watch that this week and, and kind of report back on that as well. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I think they could have done more. Okay. The Illumination people, the people who make those, the, the that, um, that movie, they've done more heartfelt movies. It, it missed, uh, I would say, it missed that Pixar touch, you know, Pixar movies where yep. it's like, it's definitely for the kids, but there's also a lot in that movie where it makes it a really good watch. Uh, I think that it's missing that, uh, that part of it, that that uh, intellectual side of it, the, the wink the and the nod to what, the adults, exactly, yeah. and you know, and 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 I think that this IP would benefit from that because it started with kids from the eighties, you know, and so they're showing it to their kids, and so it would be cool if the movie would have spoke to me as an adult as well as as my child when he gets to watch it. So, but it is what it is. Hopefully, they'll learn from that and they'll go on forward. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. Well, you heard it here first. Pablo says Mario is overrated as an IP. <laughs> no! Uh, no! Clip that, that. Put it in all the places. Dollars. Ain't, ain't no way. Um, They're making hundreds a, of these movies. I'm going to make a TikTok. I'm making a TikTok <laughs> just to put it on there on our account. First thing you're going to see. Um, <laughs> well, let's keep a Nintendo conversation rolling, Pablo. Let's obviously uh, circle back to a little game by the name of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, we have had some more time uh, to invest into the game uh, beyond the opening hours since you last heard from us. And um, we got thoughts. So, you know, I'm yeah. going to kind of take point uh, first on this one, Pablo, if that's cool. 
Yep. Um, because I think uh, you know I've I've been on quite a roller coaster ride with this uh, with this whole thing. Uh, it's been interesting. There's been a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot of moments where I'm like I'm not feeling this. Then I get obsessed with it and I can't stop thinking about it. Um, so it's uh, it's it's one of those games that that kind of. It goes all over the spectrum, but I, I think I've landed in a place now where I feel really good about it. Um, I want to start with kind of the good. Um, more time uh, into the game. I think I'm about maybe 20 hours in, maybe a little more than that now. Um, I will say I like that the story is more prevalent than Breath of the Wild. Um, lots more, um, narrative. And I mean that by Zelda standards. I don't mean like it went full blown Kojima style, 20 minute <laughs> cutscenes or anything like that. But imagine a Kojima Zelda game. Holy oh shit. Oh my God. Can you imagine the <laughs> amount of heavy handed themes? If, <laughs> uh, change link to link man. Um, <laughs> Zelda man. Tunic wearing man. Yeah. <laughs> Tunic man. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, no, but, uh, I, I like the fact that the story is, uh, is more prevalent. The, the flashbacks are really interesting and yeah. I like the characters too. I like Raru a lot. Um, I like him more Raru's than I thought cool. I would. Um, I like his design. He, he's just a really cool design, uh, you know, creature or whatever he is. Uh, and I like him as a character plot twist in the game too, man. Um, you haven't found it yet. You haven't gotten there, mm-hmm. but um, there's a pretty significant story twist that I got to that I was not expecting that really left me kind of shook in a good way. Um, I I smile thinking about it because I'm like, I you know, I don't I haven't played every Zelda, full disclosure, so I don't know if this like a common theme to have a twist like that every now and again, but there wasn't one like this in Breath of the Wild. So this is pretty no. interesting um, for this game, especially. I can't wait till you get to it. I can't wait till a lot of you guys get to it who are listening uh, to see if you felt the same way I did. But I think the story is pretty solid. Um, still a little anemic in some spots, but still good. Well, what do you think, though? How do you feel about the story so far? Yeah, I, I, I think the story is actually uh, really interesting. I'm not going to say that it's good, because, I mean, by that standard, narrative standards, like we're talking about, they're the things, other games that do it better. But I think it's super interesting, and I and I, and I find it engaging enough to where I want to find yeah. what they call in the game Dragon Tears, which are the big kind of like hieroglyphs that you see on the ground from the very top uh, of a tower. Uh, you find a, a puddle, and it's like a Dragon Tear, and it'll give you kind of a flashback. I like that, because in the other game, you had to use a picture to match a location and then you get there and in breath of the wild that's how you get those cutscenes. i didn't do this any is of a lot more in- yeah it was that was terrible i had to look up a guide to see the story that's ridiculous yeah i watch it on youtube uh, i'm like nah, i'm not doing all that sorry yeah in the <laughs> in this game it's it, it's more you know exactly where it's at yep. so i like that but yeah it's but the story itself the themes and everything that they're, they're talking about and how they're going about it is super interesting i I'm, I'm, I want to see what's going to happen next. Now, to kind of answer your question real quick about the twist, yeah, I, I think Zelda, in some aspects, they're known for its twist. In in a lot, a lot of times, it's the high rule, low rule stuff. Yeah, the reverse times. In, in Ocarina of Time, was the fact that you went in, f- into the future as the adult Link, as a hero of time. So, um, like a lot of that stuff is. is 
when you think about it now it's kind of commonplace but at that time it was kind of like oh shit like the ending of a skyward sword and what happens that's kind of like a little bit of a twist on the on the lord mm-hmm. a little bit so it, it, there, there's always some small twist in the, in the in the game itself so i'm interested to see what this one is because i know that you said that you uh went through it and it kind of hit you like oh you you might i haven't gotten there yet i have theories but i nothing concrete where i think it could be this could be that mm-hmm. i'm actually like they got me on the hook I, I don't know exactly what they're trying to do so i'm i'm, I'm Maybe if I, as I find more tears, I'll see uh, what what's happening or what's about to happen. But as of right now, I'm definitely on the hook for like, oh shit, what's happening? Mm-hmm. What's going on? So uh, I can't wait for that. I think you're gonna like it. Um, good, good. Let me transition into the, some of the gameplay loop stuff. Um, it's interesting because I think you and me have both had some struggles, feeling a bit overwhelmed at times. It's hard to kind of figure out what you want to do because there's so many options, there's so many places to go mm-hmm. explore. You can kind of get like stuck and just kind of frozen, like, I don't really know what I want to do right now. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think that the good thing is that over time, the spread between shrines, main missions, and side quests and little caves and discovery zones, it kind of balances out a little bit more. Um, the, mm-hmm. the opening hours for me were very, very shrine heavy because they were everywhere. They were obvious ones I could see. Um, and so I just kind of felt obligated to do as many of them as I could. Um, and that probably worked against me to a point where that put me in a bit of a lull, uh, for a while where I, whereas I probably didn't have to do that. I just didn't want to feel like I was coming into main missions under, under leveled essentially with hearts and stamina. Um, but as time goes on, I think it kind of evens out a little bit. You can, you end up if maybe if you're like me with a, a nice regimen, every, every play session where you do like maybe two, three shrines, one or two little, you know, undiscovered areas, and then you kind of chip away to main mission. And then that's just kind of a neat little way to kind of keep keep moving the needle, but not doing too much of one thing or just kind of wandering around aimlessly, not knowing what you want to do. Um, so right. I've, I've enjoyed that. And I think that the exploration to that point has certainly become the game's greatest strength for me. Um, whereas I was, I was a little on the fence about it because I'm like, I don't know if what I'm seeing is really as interesting as they're trying to make it seem. But the more I went further, and, and especially the Sky Islands, which I think for me is the personal like MVP of this game yeah. for me, it's just another level of of yeah, yeah. of just exploration and discovery that I, I really enjoy. But how are you feeling about those kind of those kind of things as well? Yeah, it, it, you know, I I am a mental head case. So well, yeah. I, when when I sit down to, to to play the game, it really depends on how I'm feeling. There's sometimes where I'm feeling a little bit kind of a little bit of a funk, and I sit in front of it, and I have to mentally make some kind of goals in order for me to to really appreciate the game. Because then uh, I, I let my ADHD just take over. I'm like, I'm going here, then I'm going, and I just never get anything done. Um, and then when those times come around, I I, I I started to kind of give myself these goals, and and that's helped out. The the most fun I've had is when I go into the game with none of those goals actually and just kind of start exploring like I just found this section right now of like these um, manufactured homes and these people living together like all the people from all the, the different re- like what the fuck is that it's, mm. it, I, like, it just came out of nowhere and I'm like oh and then there's little side missions which I haven't been doing but I started doing them since yesterday a little bit and I'm having really lots of fun with those little stupid side missions there and it's just kind of going uh, just completely deviating from the path that I had and I'm finding myself to fall more in love with the game 
pretty much every play session. Mm. Like it, there was a time where, as as a huge Zelda fan, you know, I there just were sometimes where I'm like, man, I f- I would go to bed. I'm like, I felt like I didn't do anything mm-hmm. in, in Tears today, and I just feel a little bit kind of as a person who wants to see that progress. I I, I will say some people say that's okay if you didn't do anything. For me, as a gamer, I I got to see some progress, just a little bit of progress. And there were some days where I saw none of it, and now I'm at uh, I, whatever it is. I it's it, I'm doing it at a a decent clip, so where I'm I'm finding myself to just really 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 like get it completely enthralled with with that game loop and how how genius it really is like there's something to do at almost every corner you go on a tower you see some sky towers some sky islands you land on sky islands then in the far distance you see a tower you're like oh i'm gonna i haven't unlocked that tower you unlock that tower you shoot up in that tower there's this weird waterfall it's it's constant your your sight uh, your, your your POV has is always filled with something to do, and if you really let the, yourself like kind of take be taken over by the game, the game really leads you into some really interesting spots. To where sometimes like did they do this on purpose? Because I felt I just felt like I hit these things at a perfect time, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I I'm really enjoying it. I, I just had to do some kind of like mental checkpoints for me in, mm-hmm. in some occasions just to kind of settle myself into it and that's just this game is massive man so i can't let that get in the way of like my entertainment of it because there's sometimes where i pull up that map and i'm like oh my god there's like three sections i haven't even unlocked <laughs> yeah. i haven't even been over here it's a lot so, it's a lot man yeah um, it's a lot I, I i dare say that you know i felt a little bit like this with elden ring but i think elden ring got to a point where i understood the world map in terms of where i still don't have a grasp fully on everything in tears of the kingdom and that's a little bit overwhelming because once i feel like oh i know where i'm at i'm like i forget there's a sky portion and there's the depths right yeah. which we really talked about last week but it's there's just so much to do yeah, and so it's 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 insane it's insane yeah it's yeah it's incredible yeah, I think the other positive I would say is I actually enjoy the shrines way more than Breath of the Wild as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and I like them because they're not puzzle-solving type of shrines. They're problem-solving shrines. And, 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 right. And I think the meaning is is very unique because most puzzles in most games require one solution and one solution only. A finite and, solution. And this has seemingly, you know, endless or or at least multiple solutions where someone like me who is not a puzzle guy at all, I hate environmental puzzles. I've been very vocal on the show about that. I enjoy these a lot because I can I can do it Marco's way and it'll be it'll work. It'll work, yeah. You know, so I've only got tripped up like two or three times. I had to look up like a solution. So I'm like, I just don't know what they're trying to get me to do here. But most of the time, even if I don't understand the puzzle, I can jerry rig it Marco's way, and I can make it happen. And I really like the fact yeah. that it's so um, pliable like that. Um, so I, I am enjoying the puzzles quite a bit. Um, yeah, I agree. The language of those shrines also works really well because sometimes you you're not sure what to do, and a lot of times going from left to right, it'll kind of spell it out for you, or mm-hmm. right to left in terms of like this and this and this. Put those together and go out there. The only ones that I've been struggling with are the combat ones. It's because I've been doing the least amount of combat humanly possible because there is no XP system and you don't get any experience. Oh, Anytime I was I see, right. What I was right about that being a problem, huh? You don't like well, that? No, do you? I don't think. No, 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 no. I don't think it's a problem. I actually, I, I think it's a positive in this way because I don't feel obligated to use. 
to fight. And I think I, I've said this on Twitter and I've been vocal. Fighting in Breath of the Wild and in Tears of the Kingdom is the least fun about the game itself. So because there is no XP system, I don't feel bad if I see a tower of bad guys and I just completely go the yeah, opposite I mean, yeah. way. And because I have not used the combat muscle in that game, when I go into the shrines that are combat focused, specifically the ones that they take all the, the, the gear away from you, I'm tending to struggle there. That's just kind of that's the only problem that I've had with that. But honestly, the fact that the that that there is no XP system and there's none of that, that completely uh, relieves me uh, of that. Because there are a lot of times when you play these open world games where it's XP based and you see a tower and you're like, I better do it because I need this amount of XP to get to the next mm-hmm. level or next uh, uh, skill point. The fact that I don't have to do that is great. Yeah. You know, I, I love it. I love it. I love that. It so, has benefits. But th- that it has is. Benefits. Yeah, it does. Hind- it is hindering me in that one way, yeah. and you know, it's not the worst because I just I I can cheese it, you know, sure. if I need to. But yeah, um, but yeah, that that's the only thing about the trials. But I, I agree with you in terms of them being better than Breath of the Wild because that is an incredible way of putting it. I was trying to figure a way to say that it's 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 not it's not a it's not. It's not a it's not a puzzle. It's a problem because the puzzle, like you said, is one solution, uh, and and here you can just use your your uh, rewind or whatever recall to to just I'm gonna push this up, push it back down, recall, boom, fuck you. I just uh, skipped like half the <laughs> half the 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 room. So I, I it's it's great. And then sometimes doing what the what the shrine wants you to do, I sometimes do that for the hell of it, and it's super satisfying as well. They do a lot of that stuff. It's it's you can you can probably find a lot of solutions that are pretty interesting, uh, and I, I love that about this game. That's one of the great things about this game yeah. for sure. Um, got a couple of cons though um, that I'm gonna share for you, and I think one of them again, this might be a Marco thing here, but I I I do think the game suffers from, or maybe suffers is too strong of a word. Maybe I just I'll just say this. There's a feeling of a lack of urgency and direness in the world, um, which makes the story lack intensity at times. It makes the inhabitants of the world feel a bit kind of blasé about what's going on. Like everyone's just kind of like, do, do, do. And uh, the upheaval's happening. Um, Do you want to buy some goods? You know, like it doesn't feel like everything feels very leisurely at times, which makes the game like as a pro, like oddly relaxing at times. Like I actually like feel relaxed when I play the game, but also it's like, man, it's kind of hard to tell that this shit's hitting the fan at all out here because everyone just seems so chill, you know? Like, I wish that the world kind of, the world state um, and the people sort of acted and behaved in a way that sort of reflects the nature of the situation that's going on. But it doesn't really feel like that. It feels like things are just kind of business as usual. The world's fucked and we're just going to, you know, we're going to sell you some products and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I mean... when you go into the main mission areas like the temples and stuff like that there is that sense of urgency with those characters sure yeah um i I, you know i i I guess you can like um you can kayfabe it and be like link is exploring all the caves because he's looking for zelda you know but (laughs) if you wanted to really kind of put your mind at ease i will say that um i agree with you like you know but i just think that's a problem of all these open world games like fallouts and the and and, and all those kinds of games like find your dad find your son it's extremely important but then do 
everything else yeah. in the world. You know, it, it, it's just a problem that I don't think we'll ever we're ever gonna solve because even when they put that sense of urgency, and I'll and I'll take a game like Majora's Mask where there's literally the world is gonna end yeah. and there's a time to it. It actually takes away from the game itself. So it's a problem for sure. But the solution, I don't know what that is. Going to extreme uh, urgency is not the answer because we, they've already tried that. So I, I, I guess, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, I I guess the genius of, of, of these games is that the, the story is what it is. Uh, and because it isn't so, like, it isn't, like, written to the point where it's like, oh, it's like a Kojima-ass thing, that it's kind of like a backdrop to everything. So it's why it's not really, like, such so dire to me at times. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't find... I just don't... I'm not afflicted with that kind of sense of... Uh, of that issue in terms of when it comes to sense of urgency. But gotcha. I, I think it's valid. It's a valid complaint. Yep. I got a few more uh, quick cons here. Um, I think inventory management's a problem this game. In this game, um, you can kind of feel it with like, you know, how you're trying to quick select an item to attach to an arrow or something, or you want to yeah. throw an item, and you have to like sift through food and resources and valuables, yes. like all in the same. Like that to me is just counterintuitive. I wish they had like divvied that up in a more sensible fashion instead of lumping everything in one. Um, I also think the Zonai energy system for like charging your creations could have been more straightforward and less resource hungry. Um, I feel like that's just a lot of like get collect these charges and then convert the charges to those things. And then there's these other things that happen and then you collect these things to increase your cap, your, your capacity. And it just feels a little yep. unnecessarily complicated. And the last thing I'll say in terms of cons, um, is the in-game economy continues to be a little stingy for, for my tastes. Um, it's not deal-breaking. I can still navigate and do what I need to do, but I do feel like it's still a little bit like on the rigid side. Um, yeah. uh, oh, and, and the depths. We didn't really get into the depths, but I feel like the depths don't feel as meaningful as I hope so far. And they, and they and it kind of looks like very samey down there at times. It's still, don't get me wrong, it's still like really cool and mysterious. And I like the idea of there being a, a depths to explore in the first place. But I, I've never really been motivated to, to spend a lot of time down there, if that makes sense. That's where the good loot is. That's the problem. Um, so that's that's kind of like the the... That's the only reason to go down there is because they have good loot down there. They have the Poe's down there. Have you encountered the Poe uh, currency? Yes. I don't know what to do yeah, with them so, things, but I got the, I got Poe's. Yeah, so there's like a big I slab got of pose. There's a slab of rock pose. or something. <laughs> you got Poe's, you're stupid. Uh, there's like a slab of rock in certain areas that are, are sentient, and you talk to them and you trade them for things. And they have oh. really cool war. They got really good rewards. Um, like uh, they have like your tunic all black. Like they have they have a lot of dope stuff. But it, it's just another currency that you find down there. You find up top too, but uh, mostly in the depths. And then the depths, I think, will come into. I think they'll make more sense as to why they exist as the story goes on. I still don't think they're going to make them necessary. I just think it's a, something that they added because they could. And that's a really cool kind of like callback to low rule and high, you know, as opposed to high rule. And it's just one of those other areas you can explore. I just think it's more of like in addition to like, hey, if you like to explore, here's a little bit more of that. Um, and it's like hard mode down there because it's yeah. pitch black. The enemies are a little more aggressive. And, 100%. You know, but it, it, I don't think it's specifically like uh, an incredible, holy shit. Because the way you describe it, hey, it's an exact copy of Hyrule. And they have all the um, shrines down there, but they're the source of light. That sounds like, oh, this is going to be like another area. It truly really 
it's it's okay. It's not really that. You no. know, no. it's definitely those things, but it's not really that. Uh, it's not really that fleshed out. So no, not yeah. not at all. But I, the inclusion of it is fine. Yeah. It's just not really. And they don't really make you go down there from uh, anything except some side missions. So I might eat my words, though. Hey, I might eat my words if if I run across something that like changes the the game for me in that way. But so far, I'm just saying, so far, not really connecting with me at the moment. Um, But yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I think as a final take, Pablo, let's let's end it here with a question that I want to pose for both of us: Is this game on track to? crack your top three Zeldas of all time uh and if so where do you think it could end up landing for you so far me personally I'll just jump out first here on a limb I'll say yes to part one of that question I think it might be it could end up being the best Zelda ever um and 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 that's tough because there's a lot of nostalgia attached to a lot of the classic games I'm not trying to tear down any of them they're all as good as we remember but this one just seems to be despite some warts on another level um, and you know, it's ambition and everything that it's trying to do, even though there's some little quirky moments here and there about the game, I think it has the potential to be the best right now. I think it's a lock for top three for me. What about you? Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's top three already, honestly, just in terms of like how, how I feel about the game and what the game is doing uh, and how basically it just kind of beats Breath of the Wild in every aspect. And so it just feels like if I have Breath of the Wild as my, as one of my top three games, I think I, it's only fair to say that, yeah, this game is definitely going to be that as, as whether or not it's the best of all time. I I, I still think um, Ocarina will be that for me for nostalgic reasons, but also because just the story, the, the the temples the dungeons in those games and that game specifically mm-hmm. still is better than what they're doing even here you know like the the things the the rewards the the rewards you get for beating the the the, the water temple and all that stuff and, and things like the hook shot all these things really 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 uh start to build on the game and i'm talking about ocarina of time start to build on the game and it just it just makes it better and better and better and right when you thought you reached the apex an, an incredible moment happens you go seven years into the future and then hyrule definitely completely changes there's just so much going on there and it's so it's so great in terms of uh, the execution of the story that's why that, that's always gonna be number one but this is doing a lot of those things uh, plus that open world and that sandbox is really right. Uh, right, that's a big. It's difference. giving me the opportunity to, to forgive it for not being what those games, or what that game was. <clears throat> so, I I could say without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to be top three, and it's probably going to crack my top five games of all time if it keeps doing this. I mean, I I, I mm-hmm. would say Elden Ring is is a game that that reached my top ten last year, and it's something that. I was hesitant about because of the simple fact new games, top 10, recency bias, all that. But there's no game like Elden Ring. There's no game like Tears of the Kingdom, really, in terms of like its, its whole, in terms of its delivery and, its, and to what it's trying to do. And I, and I feel like this, those games are truly uh, special and they're modern classics and yeah. they have to be respected. They are very deserving. You got to get yeah. the nostalgia. You got to take that nostalgia out the. Out you gotta take some. Sometimes you gotta take Nostalgia out the way because it can't get in your way and, and definitely blind you. So I'm I'm right there with you. Definitely top three. Maybe it won't be the best Zelda game of all time. It'll be hard to, to beat that since it is my favorite game of all time. But um, mm. we'll see what happens here from from this point on to, to ending to finishing the game itself. So right. uh, yeah, but it's awesome, man. It's it's a. F- I can say honestly, 
that it is not perfect, but it is a masterpiece of a game in terms of what it's trying to do. Uh, but it's not perfect. There's no there's no such thing as perfect. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Uh, but uh, man, yeah. I love this fucking game. I love it. I've had more fun with other games that I've played this year, but I don't think I've played a game as good as this one. If that makes sense. Let me ask you a question. Um, kind of taking that that question and 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 putting it to specifically to this year. Do you see any game? that can possibly contend with Tears of the Kingdom as a game of the year contender. I mean I you mean, right now for do you me, mean do you mean critically? Or do you mean like us? For you. Critically no. I don't think there's a game that's gonna be Okay, gonna yeah, be. I agree with that. Um, yeah, there's no way. Oh yeah, but I, I think, think I think us, Zelda's beatable. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think it depends on on a lot of things. Spider Man uh, definitely. I mean, uh, it's not my game of the year so far, so there's that. Starfield. It's not. Oh, well, it is for me. Like it's on. It's it's so far for me. It's my game of the year, like bar okay. none. Because uh, it's like that and Resident Evil Four are like uh, right there. Uh, mm. But that there's. But that's it for me. Really, um, nothing's really coming close. But. I do believe that it is beatable just because this year seems to be like a, an amazing year. Final Fantasy is coming. Uh, Doom is coming. Doom. Uh, fucking Starfield. Doom's not uh, coming. Not Doom. Uh, Diablo. Diablo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, Starfield and, and Spider-Man too. Like, you know, say what you will about that game. Spider-Man, the first game was absolutely fucking it was fantastic. Fire. So, uh, yeah. It, it's a, it's a, it's a tough because last year, that was the year it needed to come out. It was going to be the game of the year no matter what last year. <laughs> this year, it does have some competition. We shall see. We yeah. shall see. No doubt, man. Well, uh, yeah, I think it's going to do it for Loadouts this week. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you're hearing so far, consider subscribing to our show. Uh, we drop new episodes every single Monday on all streaming services. And if you're feeling extra cool, which I think you are, Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at It's Cooldown Time uh, to keep tabs on us in between episodes. Uh, but, Papa, let's go ahead and jump right in to the news segment of the show that we call Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, and Pablo, since we've already been talking about Zelda, why don't we go ahead and keep that rolling one more time with uh, an interesting news story about the future of the Legend of Zelda series. Pablo, go ahead and uh, kick us off. Tell us what we got. Yeah, in an interview with Game Informer, Tears of the Kingdom producer, Eiji Anuma, and game director, Hidamaro Fujiboyashi, were asked if the open-world game design philosophy is now the future of Zelda games, with reference to Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Anuma stated that this, in quote, the series continued to evolve after Ocarina of Time, but I think it's also fair to say now that we've arrived at Breath of the Wild and the new type of more open play freedom that it affords. Yeah, I think it's correct to say that it has created a new kind of format for the series to proceed from. This quote seemingly confirms that the future of Zelda games will not deviate from its current format. How do we feel about that? Is that disappointing or exciting? Marco, what do you think? Um... I'm kind of in the middle about it, to be honest with you, because I think it's going to depend largely on what the, for lack of a better term, gimmick is going to be for future games. Um, If they can figure out a way to do open world games and keep that format fresh and interesting and and exciting uh, for players like they did this time around... Um, if, if they don't think they're going to run out of ideas and get a little creatively bankrupt like we've seen other franchises uh, end up doing, like Assassin's Creed and, and things like that, uh, not to say that they're in the same ballpark of quality. Zelda's obviously way right, di- so, different, different level. Good example still, yeah. But, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to ideas, you know? And, and so, you know, it's interesting. Last week we were talking about, like, um, 
you know, maybe seeing the, the next Zelda game be more combat focused and be more creative with like combat options and be more in depth, whereas it's kind of always been maybe the least uh, expanded upon in, throughout the series. Like if, if they can figure out, OK, like this game's going to be more combat centric. This game's going to be more like puzzle solving. This game's going to be more uh, adventure focused, exploration focused. If they have like central themes like that across these these open world games they're making yeah. in the future, then I think it's fine because we're not going to feel bored of it, you know. But if they do like if there's like three more games that are exactly like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, then it's going to be like, all right, bro, I think you've, you've, you've rung this dry. I think it's time to do something yeah, else. And, and that's funny enough that you say that because they did mention that in the interview itself where they said that Zelda for them, there's an essence to the game itself. Uh, and I guess they, they, they more or less were talking about Link, Zelda, Ganon, Ganondorf, or demise, whatever the, the bad guy is. Mm-hmm. There's an essence to how that feels, but they did specifically say that Zelda could be an, an action game. Zelda could be an adventure game. Zelda could be a puzzle game. It could be any of those things as long as it has the essence of the Legend of Zelda game. So that's encouraging for sure. I will say that there's a lot of people out there who have a misconception of of, of Zelda, and I and I'm I'm a huge fan of the series. They think in that Zelda. The, the philosophy behind the Legend of Zelda games is something new every time. That is not the case. They are always and have always been building on the past. When you look at Ocarina of Time, there goes your open world. When you look at things like Twilight Princess, there goes a little more of the story, and they have a, a, a growth in that, in that open world. When you look at Skyward, Skyward Sword, they try to do that, but in a different location, so they went to the sky. When you look at Breath of the Wild, they opened that open world and the sandbox to it, and then when you look at Tears of the Kingdom, they got the sky of, of, of Skyward Sword, they got the open world of Ocarina of Time, and Breath of the Wild, which is expanded. This is kind of the the format that they've always wanted to do the technology has never let them afford them to so uh, them saying this doesn't surprise me at all i think the biggest issue that they'll have is the gimmick for sure i think what is the next thing you know that, that they're going to infuse into this open world because there's no reason why the next Zelda game should not be open world that, that it's like saying it's like expecting the next uh grand theft auto to not be open world just because we want something new no we want something new in that open world that's the same that's the same thing that I think that we as Zelda fans or other fans out there should want from this. They want that open world. They want that sandbox. But what's the gimmick? What's the story? What are you telling me? There has to be something that's going to make this necessary, make this feel new. Uh, that is far beyond what they've already done now. So they're definitely got their, 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 their hands full. They have big shoes to fill here. Um, but they've they've come out swinging and i think that they're really uh they they know what they want to do and i think the execution of that stuff has been absolutely spot on and so i'm not there's nothing that they've that they've done that makes me scared for the future of the franchise i'm glad to hear that they're they've even mentioned ocarina time saying hey we've been building on that for years and that's that's uh, that's prevalent today so they're going to be building on tears of the kingdom for years and i and i can't wait to see what's next i just wonder what that's going to be i still think it's interesting that they're keeping the, the the franchise the ip like new and fresh i think that's that's the main conceit and they've done a great job with that well, uh, Pablo, the question I have for you now is, is Blizzard doing a good job with Overwatch 2? Uh, because in a roadmap update Hell for no. Overwatch 2, uh, 
They have confirmed that they have officially canceled the PvE campaign mode originally slated for the game. Now, this mode was supposed to feature in-depth skill trees, player buffs, and more narrative glue, I would imagine. Uh, And it was even speculated that part of the reason why we even got a numbered sequel to Overwatch in the first place was because this was going to be a part of the product. Now that it's gone, however, Pablo, what are your thoughts on this and how big of a deal is this? I think it's a huge deal. I think, you know, I don't think that that PVE campaign was going to uh, hurt or save Overwatch 2. They have their fans. You know, it's it's a huge game still, sure. But I think that the concept and the conceit of Overwatch 2 was on that PVE and the fact that it was going to expand and be more. Recently, they've come out and said that the reason for the PVE was a push to make Overwatch the IP and MMO in the future, you know, take that as a platform and grow it. But what they seem to be doing here is not growing it. And matter of fact, they're content with where it's at right now. They're not trying to grow it. They're not trying to kill it, but they're so content with where they're at right now. They're not trying to do anything interesting uh, with the franchise itself. I don't think that the current format that they have every three months, a new character, I don't think that's going to be something that's, that's going to be sustainable. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with game modes, maps, that kind of stuff is started wearing a little thin so much so that they stopped supporting Overwatch originally to work on Overwatch 2. And that's funny because they stopped supporting uh, Overwatch 1 for a long time to work on Overwatch 2, and they've delivered pretty much the same experience minus one extra character, you know, 5v5 versus 6v6 and some little tweaks here and there. But it's kind of like, man, what were they doing? Mm-hmm. What the fuck did their, their time go into that? The one thing that is was supposed to make Overwatch 2 stand out is canceled. And on top of that, it's rumored to me that it's been scrapped for a very long time, that there hasn't been really many people working on it. So it's just it just goes to show that Blizzard, uh, it was kind of resting on its laurels there when it came to the success of what Overwatch was and really are not trying in any way, shape, or form to make this game more than what it already is. Therefore, they're not interested in new players they're just wanting to make the money that they're making now and carry on which is scary and it's not it's not indicative of anything but diablo 4 is about to come out and it's the same attitude that they have going for diablo 4 you know the future of diablo could be in, in jeopardy as well i mean obviously that's stretching it here but you know it's totally possible it's the same fucking company so uh what do you think marco um I knew as soon as they turned this into a free-to-play thing that this wasn't going to happen. I knew. I, I just felt it. Um, you could tell that there were a lot of pivots in this game's development. Um, departures. Jeff Kaplan gone. Leader, visionary of the of the whole franchise. He's out of the picture now. I think they just wanted to make a money printer. I think the money printer is working sufficiently, and I think that now that it's up and running and has a consistent player base, eh, you know, why bother? Is right. kind of the mentality that I would imagine they have here. Um, and that sucks. You know, that sucks for, for longtime fans like us who have kind of fallen by the wayside because there's just not that much to come back to other than the same old same, uh, with the exception of New Heroes, obviously. But even that right. isn't as much of a game changer as it used to be, in my opinion, um, because nothing much else has changed around it honestly. And uh, and that's why it wasn't a big game for me last year when Overwatch 2 dropped. I fell off of it pretty quickly, as I said on the show. And 
and I could tell that you know it, it's not really going to move uh, very much further up the the proverbial ladder than where it launched at. Uh, and this is proof of that. Yeah. So it's sad and it's unfortunate that Overwatch has kind of sunk to where it is now. But obviously, it's still a popular game. It's still making them plenty of bank, and and I'm sure they're content with that. Yeah, but not but not not people like me though. No, I'm not happy. But. I- I mean, look, look at a game, and this is my way of shoehorning this in here, but look at a game like uh, Rainbow Six Siege. You know, they've been releasing seasons uh, sturdily, like uh, without hesitation, new characters, and the game is a complete different game from what, what it was in 2015. They're not afraid mm. to move the meta, change the meta, and make that work for them, and they're not afraid to lose people because they're taking these chances in order to gain people. So if, if you like... 2015 siege and you hate 2023 siege that's fine and dandy but guess what there's a whole bunch of people out there who are playing the game who would have not played it otherwise if it wasn't for the changes that were made to begin with so i you know i um that sucks because when you see a game like that and 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 all the changes they're willing to take to make it work and then you see a game like overwatch which we love as well you know for a long time overwatch was our de facto game that we played on a daily basis and it was a game that we 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 lauded and thought that it was probably one of the best multiplayer shooters of all time that's no longer the case at least for me i don't feel that way at all when i think about overwatch i think about the pains and the struggles that the, the, the series is going through and really I already have uh, Six Siege as my top 10 game of all time in terms of that. So mm-hmm. be- because of the, the fall off of Overwatch. So it, it sucks to see the dichotomy between someone who's willing to, to sacrifice to gain uh, new uh, players and someone who's content as to where they are and just going to print money on their own. So that's unfortunate uh, because Overwatch is a fun-ass fucking game. At least the, f- the first iteration of it was. And it, sac- it sucks that they're unwilling to... to to make any changes to, to either make that true again or or even take a chance and change the meta completely. But that's not what they're doing here. Nope. Sad, man. Sad and booty juice as well. Booty juice. Booty juice. Um, all right, man. Let's go ahead and jump into the main... Before, what, 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 what? Before we do that, I got to ask. What? Are you concerned about Diablo at all when it comes to the long-term... Um, like roadmap, long term support. Uh, of oh, Diablo absolutely! I'm always going to be skeptical of, of okay. anything Activision Blizzard does. Uh, period. It's just how they've conditioned me to feel. So yeah, even though I think the game's yeah. going to be great, I still have that skeptical eye of like, All right, what are you going to? What's the fuckery you're going to pull off here after this game comes yeah. out? After you get the good reviews, what are you going to implement in here that's going to shit all over the experience for people? That's what I'm worried about. But <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right. Now stop fucking up my segues, Pablo. We're going to, we're going into the checkpoint chat starting now. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right, so we are very close to showcase season uh, here in the gaming space, uh, starting with PlayStation uh, putting out their showcase. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it might already be out. Uh, but you know, we decided uh, to go ahead and reveal our predictions for the ideal showcases from the big three. So, assuming there's a Nintendo Direct um, as well, we will add them to the fray along with Xbox and Nintendo here. And basically, what we're going to do is we're going to break this down by what we think they should do as like a, a best opener, uh, what they should do for like the middle block of the showcase, their finale of the showcase, and then a one more thing sort of at the end of the showcase as well. Uh, and we're going to do uh, PlayStation first, Nintendo second, and then finally Xbox uh, last. So, uh, Pablo, do you mind if I go ahead and jump in first with mine and 
kind of walk you through what I think would be the the best thing. Go for it, man. All right, we're doing a each. Uh, we're just gonna go uh, through uh, each, uh, each showcase in full. All PlayStation, then you do all PlayStation. We're not going to go gotcha. like opener, yep, opener. We're not going to do that. That's, that's too much. Love it. Uh, all right. So if my opener, Pablo, for the PlayStation Showcase is going to be the rumor come true, Snake Eater remake revealed. Uh, we get a lengthy cinematic trailer, all in engine, showing off the game. We get confirmed David Hayter is back as the voice of Snake. Um, pretty much the whole cast is back, maybe except for one or two little odds and ends that didn't come back. But, you know, they'll, they'll probably find some facsimile voice actor that sounds just like the last one or something like that. Um, I don't know if they're going to make any nods to Kojima or Kojima Productions during this one. I think they're going to keep it very... This is a Konami game only. We don't know who a Kojima Productions is. Sorry, never met him. <laughs> uh, but I think it's going to look good. I think fans are going to be a bit divided about it because it doesn't have the Kojima touch, but I think people are going to like the overall visuals. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see any raw gameplay this time around. We'll probably see a demonstration for it at a later date. Um, They'll have a new character called Koji what? <laughs> um Spider-Man 2 will be the middle block, uh, the first part of the middle block. I think they'll do a gameplay demonstration here to show off some tandem gameplay with Peter Parker and Miles Morales, uh, showing off like tag team kind of moves here uh, to show you what's different, what's new, uh, and what's familiar. I think it's going to look good. I think it's going to play good. I think no one's really going to have any complaints about it, but there probably will be that crowd that goes, it looks too much like the first game. Um and you can go either way with that, depending on how much you loved the first game and Miles Morales. Right. Um, the middle block B, I think we're going to see Factions, uh, which is The Last of Us multiplayer. I think it's going to get a new name. I don't think it's going to be called Factions. I think it's going to be a similar game to The Division. It's going to have very Division-y vibes to it, but it's going to have multiple modes and different stuff to kind of play around with. I think it's going to shadow drop, actually. I think they want something out now to capitalize on that The Last of Us hype train that's starting starting to slow down now that the show's been over for a little bit i still think they want to keep that fresh they want to keep it fresh on people's minds so here's the multiplayer dropping tonight kind of a thing um finale the crack cocaine portion of the show Uh, yeah it better be i want it um no i'm saying you're on crack cocaine to think that she's gonna shadow drop oh no it's 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 coming it's coming coming (laughs) Uh, all right finale Let's go. Blue Point Games reveals Bloodborne Remake. It's real. It's official. It's coming out this October. That's my prediction for Fuck. that. Okay? It's been in development. I think it's, I think it's in the polishing phase now. Yeah. We've heard about it too much. It's got to be nearing completion. The one more thing. I know Jeff Grubb said it's not going to happen. I don't care. It's still my ideal showcase, so let me throw it in there. Ghost of Tsushima 2 teaser at the very, very end. Uh, even if it's just a splash, even if it's just a logo or like a sword, uh, you know, stuck in the dirt like it is in the title screen of the first game, something like that, or the mask or something like that, I think we're going to get something very short, sweet, and simple to confirm that it is real and it will have a 2024 uh, release year. That's what I got, yeah. Pablo. What's a, what, what do you got up first? Obviously, uh, this isn't everything we think is going to be on the show. No, no, no. Uh, there's, there's more, but it's like, these are the main things that we want to yeah, see, yeah, yeah. and we think it's going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think the opener, I think they're going to want to open up big. It's been so long since PlayStation had a showcase. They're going to open up huge here in terms of setting the tone, and it's going to be Ghost of Tsushima 2. I don't know what they'll show. I know that when they did first show Ghost of Tsushima, they did show, like, quote-unquote, in-game stuff uh, as just, like, kind of like a very briefly, uh, but maybe something similar, but it will have a 
2024 tag on it at the very end. They the PlayStation's very they always do this. They did that with with basically all their big games, including um, Ragnarok when that was first announced. It said 2022 at the end of it. I think that they'll do the same thing here, just to kind of set the tone here. Um, the middle block portion. I, that's when I think we'll see the Last of Us factions. I, like Marco, I think it's going to be kind of like a PVE Destiny, you know, division like kind of thing. Um, I think that it's coming fall 2023. I do think there's going to be a beta available that day, though. I think that they're going to want to beta test a little bit of it. Uh, Naughty Dog has never done anything like this. Uh, I know, I think... um I think that uh, Bungie's helping out with some stuff, so I think they might want to do a beta just to kind of get all the ins and outs in terms of the network shit going. And I think that's what we are. I think that's what we'll be there uh, when it comes to that. Then the second part of the middle block is DS2 Death Stranding 2. It's going to be a Kojima-ass, wild, nonsense trailer. We're going to have no idea what the fuck is happening, but it's going to be cool as shit, and we're going to, it's going to be super, like, interesting. It's going to be like, oh, shit, the next, there's not going to be any kind of tag on this. I don't think, I think it's a 2023 game, uh, but, uh, well, sorry, a 2024 game, but I don't think that they're going to uh, talk about that. They usually don't do that with this, uh, this kind of stuff. As, they'll, as, they'll keep this for As a long-time Death Stranding fan, uh, since day one, <laughs> hey, I couldn't be hey, more excited. Hey, hey. Let's go. Hey, man, this guy lied. Uh, and then the final, I, I think it's going to be Spider-Man 2. I think, again, uh, close out with what, what everybody knows is coming, and it's going to be like people are going to be anticipating it. It's going to be a huge blowout gameplay reveal. It's going to have, I think, a new subtitle. I thought about it. It had... It's it, Miles Morales was a subtitle for that game. I think they'll have one. I don't know what what that would be. I'm not going to guess that here. Uh, story overview release date's huge blowout. Uh, and then the one more thing, it'll be a, kind of a nostalgic feel uh, and just close out the show with, with a Metal Gear uh, Solid Three remake. Um, I think we'll we'll we'll. There's some rumors going on that they're working on some kind of medley that's going to end on the, you know, Snake Eater theme. I think that's we're going to get the dun-dun-dun-dun, and then we're going to probably get, like, a, a trailer. I hope my dream is we get a trailer with that song, mm-hmm. like, just showing the old Snake, and then you showing the old game and showing the new game, like, the back-to-back, really showing that stuff. That would be the dopest thing. I think it's coming out November 17th, 2023, because the original game came out November 17th, and then I looked at the calendar, November 17th, 2023, is a Friday, so I was like, "Hey, that'd be really cool remake of this game. That'd be a dope time to 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 drop it." It's. A, I think they'll also show a little bit of gameplay interested in that trailer. So that's what I got for the PlayStation uh, showcase. If if you take our list and, and combine them together, it'll be probably the best showcase of all time. Yeah, uh, not a lot of differences, just different positions on the show. That's really all. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. And I and I have DS two, and you have Blood, and you have uh, Bloodborne. So that's pretty dope there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Nintendo, Pablo. I'll go first here with our opener for the Nintendo Showcase. Um, I think this is going to be the time where we get the, the new console reveal. I think this showcase that I'm kind of speculating is more of like a late year showcase kind of a deal. Yeah. But it reveals the new console. I think it'll be called the Super Nintendo Switch. I think they're going to keep it very simple, keep the brand equity, the name equity of the Switch name, and give it the Super. Uh Middle block A, they're going to show a new mainline Mario. Whether it's 2D or 3D, I don't know. I don't necessarily care enough about it to like make a specific prediction, but I think there's going to be a new Mario that accompanies this next console. I think middle block B uh, is going to be a Tears of the Kingdom next-gen update at 999 
uh, with additional downloadable content, more in the form of like extra costumes and little doodads like that. I don't know if like full blown expansion is going to happen. I think we're probably talking more of like just additional costumes to encourage people to go back and play it again and experience it in a new way. Um, finale of the show, I think, is going to be the Metroid Prime 4 reveal. I predicted that uh, many episodes ago that they're going to pull the Switch version out of uh, of this and just make it a next-gen exclusive. I still stand by that. I think Metroid Prime 4 is going to be a, a launch window game for the new hardware. Uh, it's going to look good. It's going to play good. And I think it will end up being a great game. And then the one more thing, which is a very controversial one, because I, I don't know how they're going to make it happen, but I still think they're going to try to do it, is a new Super Smash Brothers teaser. I don't think they're going to answer any questions about what exactly it's going to be. Is it a reboot? Is it like an ultimate plus? I think we're going to get something Smash-related at the end to kind of get people really like through the roof excited about the next console, but we won't know much yeah, about I, it until like the following year. I mean, that would be amazing. I just don't know how you're going to top the everybody's here reveal where it's like literally every character ever. Uh, but if they can pull it off somehow, we'll see, though. We'll see. Yep. That'd be dope. But my, my Nintendo showcase, uh, the opener is going to be a new 2D mainline Mario game, which is coming out this year. Um, I, here's the thing. When it comes to Mario, if it was going to be Odyssey 2, it would have been out already uh, if they were going to do something that's very similar to the first one. I think that they, they took a break from Mario a little bit, and I think that 2D mainline Mario is definitely something that we've, uh, we haven't gotten in quite some time. Um, and when it comes to the movie and stuff like that, sure, the movie's in 3D, but a lot of the, the references in the movie are about 2D Mario in that sense. I think that they'll talk about the success of the movie and then they'll, they'll, they'll go into this. And like I said, it's coming out 2023. It's going to be dope as fuck. Um, the middle block section, uh, just kind of carrying over the same uh, ethos of like the, the the banking on their successes. I think the, the Zelda collector remaster collection remaster has been rumored uh, for a long time, a lot like the Metroid Prime stuff, uh, Metroid Prime 1 remaster was. I think we're going to get it here. It's going to be Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. I think those are the games that desperately need to be uh, especially Wind Waker needs to be uh, played by more people and I think with the success of, 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 of Zelda I think that this is going to be something that they drop and I think that Wind Waker is going to be similar in terms of the upgrade that people talked about when they talked about the Metro Prime re remaster where it's like it's like almost a remake type of thing. Uh, and then the, the second uh, block is a new 3D mainline uh, Donkey Kong game uh, there's been rumors about this for a long time Donkey Kong is a prevailing character in the movie. I think that just all the shit is going to line up. There's rumors that a new Donkey Kong movie is coming out. That's going to be a spinoff of the Mario movie. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Choked on my spit there. Got too excited. Wow. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's something that's that I, I would say that something is definitely going to happen in terms of that uh, of, of reveals. Uh, and then the final, I think it's the Metro Prime 4 re-reveal. Metro Prime is shown uh, w with the remaster that came out. People are still really into that. I know that Metro Prime, unfortunately, or Metroid as a series doesn't sell crazy great, but Metro Prime is beloved. And I think that Nintendo tends to respect that. And I think that they're going to re-reveal it. I think it's going to be amazing. And I think it's going to have a 2024 tag on it they gotta get they, they gotta get rolling they gotta talk about uh about uh, when these games are, are, are coming out because there's really nothing after pinkman 4 and i think they're gonna have to start to really say hey uh next year i know we got mario and we got zelda and we got donkey Kong, we got zelda this year but next year is the year that this is coming out and the one more thing for me is the nintendo i'm going off of history uh, and the way that it would the switch was revealed was 
At the end of the year, they said, hey, in January, we're going to have a direct talking about the future of Nintendo. And that's what's going to happen here. I think this is going to be a late summer showcase for me. And then uh, uh, Furukawa, president of Nintendo, is going to come out and be like, hey, uh, stay tuned. In January, we're going to have this big blowout about the future. They're not going to say new console. They're going to say the future of Nintendo. And I think that's what's going to happen. And it's going to happen in January. That's what I got, man. Nice, nice. And the one interesting tidbit from your predictions is that they will, in fact, rename Pikmin 4 to Pinkman 4. Let's move on to Xbox, Pablo. <laughs> you know what? You, the reason I said it like that is because I don't give a fuck <laughs> to really uh, right. ever learn you how to say that didn't have any right blowing out anybody's eardrums P- doing that, all right? Pinman, Pinman 4. All right. Pinkerton 4. Not Pinkerton. Nope. Stop thinking of shit. I, I know you. Pinkertons are coming. No, no. Right, We're going to talk about Xbox now, Pablo. All right. We'll put, all right. Plankton 4 coming Not soon. Not Plankton. All right. <laughs> all right, Pablo. So, uh, good old Xbox. Lots to prove. Lots to kind of get back on track. The course correction hopefully shall begin uh, with their upcoming showcase. Here's what I think they should do. And, and by the way, I'm keeping Starfield out of mind because that's a whole separate thing. And I, I don't. I don't know enough about Starfield to predict a lot about Starfield, if that makes sense. So I'm just going to leave that alone. You're welcome to throw your stuff in there. Um, here's here's what I got, though. Um, Fable. I think that they're going to make a statement by putting Fable as the opener of the show. Um, and I think it's immediately going to make people like me go, all right, all right, man, okay. you're showing it to me again. What you gonna do? Like it's it's automatically gonna to raise those questions. Like, all right, man, here we go. But I think they're gonna re-reveal it. Uh, I think we'll see some uh, like a cinematic in-engine trailer. It won't be like the CG bullshit we got the first time around, however many years ago that was. Um, it was bad too, and it was that bad. Was uh, I think they'll say 2024. I think um, that will be all we get. Uh, middle block, avowed. I think we're going to see a gameplay demonstration for Avowed. I think it's time to show us what that game is, what it's doing that's unique, what sets it apart. I think they um, seem to be confident in how that game is coming along, so I feel like they are probably confident enough to show exactly what to expect from that. And the same holds true for the next game that I have in the middle block, which is Hellblade 2. Uh, Senua's Saga, I think, will also get a gameplay demonstration again, since they already kind of did that for uh, Keeley uh, a little while back. I think they'll do something similar again and show off more of it. I think we'll all be impressed with the visuals and how lifelike they are. I think it will come out this year. Um, coming in in the finale, I think we are going to get a Gear 6 trailer. I don't think it's going to be a particularly long one. Um, I think it'll be something very moving and touching. Uh, you know, very Mad World-esque in, in a sense, but nothing like, here's the gameplay, here's five minutes of the game. I don't think we're going to get that yet, but I think we will get a confirmation and then it's real. And then the one more thing I think is going to be a very Cyberpunk 2077 kind of glitch the screen at the very end thing, and here comes Joanna Dark with the Perfect Dark trailer. Um, I think we're going to see kind of a similar... It's going to be very cyberpunk in how it was how it's re-revealed. Like, oh, you know, here's her ta- here's her narrating about her situation or her life and her kind of walking into a, you know, like a, a city or something like that. Um, and I think we're going to see little snippets of gameplay and action there to confirm whether it's first or third person. And I think we will also get a 2024 uh, release year window for that as well. But that's what I got for Xbox, man. What you got? 
Yeah, for mine, I, I did add uh, so, uh, some stuff about uh, Bethesda just because it's gonna be one. It's gonna be one. It, it's gonna be all at the same time, but they're separate. But still, I just wanted to do that one whole thing. Um, I, and before I start, I here's my real I hope and dream. I hope that they just cancel Perfect Dark and and do something completely <laughs> different. I I just I, I there's no there's nothing that they can do there that's gonna make me happy about that game because I don't want it. I want it. Uh, it, it's just gonna be kind of like a a poor man's third, you know, third person. You don't know PlayStation that yet. Yeah, yeah, look at it first. I mean, well, they already said it. I, I think they've pretty much confirmed it's not going to be first person. So it's kind of like, all right, so you're taking the game out of that and making something else of it. So I, it's just already just kind of like, man, this is just Perfect Dark, the name, kind of like with how they did uh, with um, a game that I'm blanking on there right now. Go. So there we go. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get into my showcase here. I think the, the theme of my show, the showcase is them beginning to make things right, quote unquote. And I think the way they do that is by opening up with Project uh, Tatanka, which is the long-rumored uh, expansion to um, uh, to Halo uh, 6 or Halo uh, Infinite. Uh, I think it's going to o- open the show. It's going to be on Unreal 5, and it's going to be more than a battle royale. I think it's going to be the next step in their uh, online uh platform with uh, halo i think it's going to probably bring all the multiplayer stuff into it with the new engine uh unreal 5 and it's going to be a little bit more maybe even some story stuff in there i know that's something that it started off as a small battle royale project and it's grown to something else and i think that's one of the reasons why they're they're, they've been stalling a little bit with infinite in terms of support so that's what i think is going to happen i and i think it's going to be pretty dope i think people are going to be pretty impressed by it uh because they have to be i i I know a lot of people talk about the fact that this is Starfield's year. If Starfield doesn't do Xbox is is going for, is is done. I think that Starfield needs to hit, and everything else that's a, a main line or a pillar of their uh, of their IP needs to also hit, and that starts with Halo as well. So the next one, middle block, is Fable re-reveal. They're gonna show some gameplay. 2024 tag. Um, this is something that they have to show. Uh, it's it's long rumored to be some kind of development hell the rumors span from the game not even really being worked on to the game pretty much being done there's so much going on they just kind of got to clear the air here and show the game and but hey coming out next year get ready for that then the middle part for me in the middle block it's just going to be kind of obsidian uh coming out and talking about avowed gameplay 2024 tag as well talking about the future of that game and also giving us an update on outer worlds 2 mm. which is another uh xbox exclusive okay uh we're gonna get some uh, we're gonna get an update we're also doing gameplay because they showed outer worlds very early on gameplay and just something that they had ready uh vertical slice i think they'll show that you think it, as that, well. do you think it's gonna be exclusive outer worlds 2 came it, out on all the platforms they've already they said they already said it was going to be oh exclusive. Boy. I looked that up too. Yeah, oh boy. Uh, which is kind of shitty, honestly. It should it should be it shouldn't be exclusive since the first one came out on everything. And I wonder if if that's going to change the way they're making the game. Like you know, all your cho- choices and things that you did in the first game are going to carry the two. If it's exclusive, why would they do that? That that's <sighs> that's going to be one of those things where people are going to be pretty angry about yep. it, and I think rightfully so. Yep. I think rightfully so, honestly, especially if, if they're going to be a continuation like a Mass Effect type of thing where your decisions and your characters are going to carry over. If they do that, then that's that's pretty shitty in my opinion. I think the best thing to do is kind of redo the best 
version of that game they possibly can without kind of carrying anything over for the first one which would also suck so mm-hmm. like they're kind of in a they're kind of in a weird spot with that one but uh the final uh kind of like and i put this as a final as sort of like the last thing we'll see in the uh bethesda showcase uh is going to be new starfield trailer gameplay game breakdown and the announcement the 60 frames mode announced i think that they've gotten their i think that they got their ass hit, smacked around with the 30 frame shit with start with a uh, red um, with uh redfall and if there if there is a 60 frames uh mode if there is they're going to make an announcement. And they're going to make a big deal about it because they're, they're going to kind of want to rub that into some people's faces if if it exists. Now, I am s- skeptical that it does exist, but the reason it's here is because I'm thinking if it does exist, they're going to be like, and it's 60 frames, and they're going to show that mm. you know, to, to, to kind of appease some minds. We'll see. At what, reso- thi- re- what resolution, though? That's what I'm worried yeah, about. Yeah, well, the, re- the resolution will probably be like uh, uh, 640p. Yes. No, it'll be like fourteen forty, <laughs> and but how, what's that thing they call dynamic yeah, resolution? Yeah, dynamic, Definitely yeah. dynamic, not native four K. It might even be ten eighty fourteen forty p dynamic resolution, and okay. and depending on how the the art style of the game and how it looks, that might be okay. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot to be you know a lot to be seen there. And the one more thing here, I know it's a little bit fucked up because of the uh, I, I decided to add the Starfield tip, but the one more thing at the end of that thing is going to be Gear Six teaser. I'm with you. Some kind of licensed song. They're going to try to evoke the emotions of Mad world maybe even mad world again i don't know uh remix of that and then they'll, they'll have some vo uh they'll have kate talking in the back about decisions and things of the world and it'll be a title splash only they don't have much to, to, to show there and that's going to be that that's going to be that showcase i think it, I, I think it's they have a lot riding on yeah. it so yeah i think so too as long as it's not like the the crooning white girl that's covering like a classic song from the 80s or 90s <laughs> i fucking hate trailers that do that now if i hear this i think it might though oh my god if i hear this Sweet dreams are boom, 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 made of the oh, shut the fuck up! I hate when they do that and they add like the like effects in there in between. Fuck off, yeah. man! Get these white girls out of here. Um, hey, Marco, let me ask, let me ask you a question. Yeah, what's here. up? Are we're assuming that all three of these showcases are coming out this year? Let's go ahead and uh, let's let's rank them. Oh, let's rank. Uh, okay, from best to what worst. What do you think? From best to worst. If now, okay, now is the caveat that if what we predict here comes true, or do are, are we excluding our predictions, no. or we're just thinking in general? Yeah, including however you want to do it in terms of how you really think that okay. it's going to go down in terms um, of like the show. Damn, I mean, it's going to be hard to rival the excitement of a new uh, of a new Nintendo console. Yeah, but. I think it's in terms of pure games go. I think PlayStation will probably be at the top of the mountain here, uh, because what they'll have is exciting, unexpected, and not necessarily forever away. Um, I would say Nintendo would be in the middle of the pack because of the new hardware reveal, um, and you know, kind of getting a little bit of that early information about the games that are, that could be coming is pretty exciting. I think Xbox, as much as I hate to kind of always make them last place in things, I think that they have the toughest hill to climb here. And even if they do a great job, I still think, as Phil said, ultimately it's going to come down to what these games are like when you finally play them, and that is not going to change just because they have a great showcase. So um, even if they have, even if they they hit all marks, everything looks great on the showcase. Eventually. It, it's still going to be a, a skeptic's tale until we can actually play them. So that's why I'd have to put them at last for now until they prove themselves. Uh, but what about you? 
Yeah, I don't have Nintendo as with, with the new console this year, but if it, if they did, I'd probably put them at number one. But I'm in the same way. PlayStation 1, Nintendo 2, Xbox 3. The reason being is I think PlayStation has proven IP made by proven developers, uh, a sequel to, to Spider-Man, a sequel to Ghost of Tsushima. I think those things are... Uh, are just surefire hits, and I think The Last of Us Factions. I think that's a that's a huge that's a huge risk for for Naughty Dog, but Naughty Dog hasn't let me down yet. And and I think that if 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 they're really taking their time with this and they're and they're really hyping it up, I think it's going to be something really unique and something special for them. Um, you know, I think a lot of this hinges on Metal Gear Solid Three and how good that actually is going to look as well. I'm going to go ahead and just go full on optimistic mode and think it's going to look amazing. It's going to hit, and that's why I have PlayStation Two, um, Nintendo at two, just simply because you can't really fuck with mario donkey kong no. even metroid prime 4 and and, and honestly a zelda collection and, and 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 uh would would put this over the top for me in terms of personally how i feel about these ip uh, and xbox look I, I think that if tatanka shows out and it's amazing i think that if the fable re-reveal shows it to be something worth making and an obsidian and uh, avowed and 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 in the uh, outer worlds too look as good as I hope they do. I mean, this is it, it's it, the ranking one, two, and three is more or less just kind of like it, it's just because of what what they're showing, but it's not going to be they're not going to be that far off in terms of these three. Uh, so we'll definitely see. I'm more excited right now, honestly, for the PlayStation uh, one just because of uh, I just want this Metal Gear Solid three thing just to be real. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really like the thing that's driving my excitement for for it in terms of like I just can't wait. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's. Uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting year for showcases. This could be the year where we see some of the best showcases ever just because we're at that time we're right in the middle or towards the middle or the beginning in the middle of the new consoles. And so this is when shit's going to start uh, hitting hard. Jim Ryan already said that there's no compromises with Spider-Man 2 uh, because it's PlayStation 5 exclusive. Yep. Uh, so... That's that's super exciting, considering how dope Spider-Man and, and Miles Morales look. Yeah, and to that point, I think that's what makes this a really interesting year for gaming in general, right? Because we are finally starting to, to move away from the cross-gen stuff little by little yeah. now. So I think what we're going to start seeing moving forward is going to be a real snapshot as to what this generation of gaming really has to offer. I think we've only seen a taste of well, that, and I think now we're going to get a little bit more of like... Okay, here's what we really got in the tank here, and and that's going to be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree. Except maybe Xbox, unfortunately, still has to deal for Xbox Series S. Yeah, and so yeah, that, that's going to be something where it's like, uh, I hope it's not the thing at the end of the day when we look at these three consoles, the thing that ultimately killed Xbox or made Xbox not as successful as the others isn't because of the shit they're in now, but because the fact that they've had to develop for Xbox Series S throughout their entire existence. Yeah. And that would suck. I guess what's interesting too is that like I think all the big three all have a problem like that. I think PlayStation's yeah. problem is is PSVR two. Um, because that's that's gonna be a part of the showcase and no one wants to think about it because it's not the sexy stuff to talk about, but it's gonna be there. There's gonna be games there but, and it's gonna be annoying. But even then you know but even then, they can they can make that interesting by showing Half Life Alex. They you can, know, or but some, and they've been at this yeah, VR thing at, for a while, and it's not been working out. I know, so I know, that's kind of what I mean. I know, but but what I mean is like they have something. They have 
potential ammunition to make that interesting mm-hmm. as opposed to there's no way of making the series that's interesting yeah you know what i mean yeah so and nintendo's problem is what if they don't say anything about the next console and then it's just like oh my fucking goodness another is, year with just the switch you know so it, there's there's room for error for sure but to your point the yeah. potential is sky high for all three of these companies so we'll have to stay tuned and see yeah. what happens um but pablo oh, i think yeah. that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for this week's show man uh until next time Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cooldown Time, uh, at It's Cooldown Time, rather, and subscribe to our show as well so you don't miss future episodes. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Take care. Peace out. Make me feel.